Good evening. You're listening to 3CR on 855 AM. This is the heavy session this Friday night at 11.03pm. It is International Women's Day today. We have, I'm Christine Reese. We have in the studio with us uh, a death of art vocalist, Erin Blackie. Hello. And on the boards tonight, sitting there very quietly... <laughs> is the fabulous Gabby, presenter of Midnight Mass. You may have been listening to her right before us. So we have lots to cover tonight for International Women's Day show, highlighting women in metal and heavy music. So let's head straight into something. Here it is, something uh, a big hitter and something very interesting, but we'll leave you to decide. <coughs>
So that was um, the incredible Taja Turnins. Turninson? I'm not sure. I'm not going to attempt it. <laughs> it's probably a safe, a safe thing to do. And um, Vulcan from Snake River Conspiracy. So that was some electronic rock and some wonderful Finnish gothic or symphonic uh, music from Taja. Um, so you're here with us. It's 11, 12 p.m. Friday night. I wanted to welcome our first guest, first and only guest. <laughs> I was going to say, who else is coming? I've uh, got a secret in my pocket. I'll ah. just add water and they, they explode right. into a real person. Right. <laughs> so Erin um, from Death of Art. So tell us a little bit about the music of Death of Art. Uh, like style? The style. Yeah. Um, I always find it a little hard to describe just because we do cross a few genres. Yeah. Um, but just generally speaking, it's like dark electronic rock with some classical influences. And even that's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> dark electronic rock with <laughs> classical influences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, there are elements that you know, cross over into all of those genres. And, in fact, you know, when we do shows, we find we can do shows with rock bands, with mm. electronic bands, even uh, with melodic metal bands as well. So yeah. Versatile, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just because our music doesn't exactly fit into one of those. A box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. I mean, I think it's great that, um, that we're challenging our listeners, challenging the audiences, not to think of, you know, one band or so many different bands that don't fit into one genre. Yeah, and I think there's been a lot more of that, you know, over the past however many years. Um, yeah. You know, and it certainly wasn't like a big intentional thing, you know, with us. I mean, I just always loved my electronic stuff and as well as rock, so it was putting that together. The classical kind of elements came later because mm. that was just something I explored and went, oh, that works for me. And You like the sound of it and yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, but certainly crossing genres, you know, allows you to do something different, you know, not be too similar to something already around. Mm. Mm. So how long has Death of Art been going, like as a group, as a band? Yeah, um, well, I suppose that's never a straightforward question either because... <laughs> when did you start writing for it? Because that yeah. could be different to when you start exactly. producing and, yeah. Exactly, and that is how it, it started, you know. The, um, yeah, started writing a long time ago and then, yeah, the band was formed later and then it didn't even really have a name to start with and then, mm. you know, just did a few acoustic things and a few little like open mic things to start with and um yeah and then you know the bands that have formed and then you know we've had members come and go as well and the bands had different formations like we had a um a keyboard player to start with so really? it was keyboard guitar and vocals yeah and then it later became um with drums as well so we had four at one stage and then it went to drums guitar and vocals um it's <laughs> great to have that versatility of being able to uh you know get bigger and smaller that would be interesting to I suppose to play bigger venues really large venues and be able to have you know a keyboard player do you play the same sort of music now that you did when you had a keyboard player well yeah because we are electronic so a lot yeah. of the keyboard went onto the track <laughs> <So>. yeah yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so how do you do that now without a keyboard player? Or have you got a keyboard player now? No, we don't. No, no. But that's what I mean, like, because we run a live track with all the electronics oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. So the key, keyboards are on are there. Are on there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's like the, the strings, this the orchestration. I mean, you know, it'd be awesome to have a full orchestra, but it's not really very <laughs> practical. Um, no. So, yeah, those things are on there and all the, like, electronic-y mm. sounds as well and uh, basses on there as well and, you know, all sorts of sound effects and things and, yeah. Technology's awesome, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It means you don't have to find people to uh, do a certain gig sometimes when you've uh, got it got it on a track that you can play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, certainly I still want my band there Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Bring some life and some, Some know. movement on stage and mm. it's the accessibility and the, the conversation between the, the band and the audience. Yes, yes, yeah. That only people can bring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've always been big on it being a show, you know, not just yeah. something where, you know, you could just listen to the CD at home or something like that, which is why, you know, I love all my theatrics. So lots of, yeah, props and costume changes and all that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I've like seen, I've seen some it. of your um, costumes and uh, props on online. They look just incredible. Do you create those? Yeah. They are just amazing. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you must put a lot of a lot of thought and effort into creating that. Yeah, there's a, there's a fair bit of stuff going on behind the scenes. Arty. <laughs> yeah, between making costume things and programming wow. music, and as well as you know, obviously writing it. And <laughs> yeah, costumes as well. Yeah. Wow. That is that is. Uh, Pretty amazing. So you have a, a gig coming up. Yes, very soon. Um, 31st of March, which is a Sunday. And uh, this is another event celebrating women in music. So it's uh, timely. Yeah, Women Who Rock in Melbourne. So we've got a full lineup of female fronted acts. So that should be That's good. fantastic. Looking forward to it. It's at uh, Swamplands in Thornbury. Um, for anyone not familiar, that used to be Tago Mago. Mm-hmm. That's on High Street, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have played there previously as Tago Mago. So I believe it's otherwise the same thing going on there, different name. Um, yeah, so and that that starts at five o'clock. Ten dollars entry. So how many bands are uh, playing? Um, I haven't counted really. How many have we got there? One, two, three, four, four or five. five. Five, yeah. So it starts at five o'clock and it goes through to I think about eleven or something, ten or eleven, something like that. Yeah, that's We're really on... great value to mm. to get that many fantastic yeah. bands. There's a DJ as well, DJ Squid Ink. Squid Sounds Inc. Fun. What a great name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're on at about 6.30. But come down, see the whole thing if you can. It'll be our first show for 2019. So looking forward to it. That sounds fantastic. So I think we should head into some more music. So here we go. You see your fight for survival? Starts right now. You don't think you're strong enough? You are. You're afraid. Don't be. You have all the weapons you need. Now fight.
Welcome back to The Heavy Session. Yes. So, yeah, welcome back to The Heavy Session. Uh, Friday evening. Time is currently 11.28. So you're on, we're on 3CR and you're listening to 8.55am. You can contact The Heavy Session on our Facebook page or you can SMS 3CR on 0488-809-855. So we've just had two songs from Death of Art, War and Anti-Valentine. So Erin, tell us about the upcoming record. Yes, well, this is our uh, first announcement uh, of this, that uh, we are going to be doing our first vinyl single. We've uh, just agreed to, um, yeah, to go ahead with that with uh, Rue Morgue Records, which is really exciting. Um, Never done vinyl before and, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that this year. I don't know exactly when, uh, but, yep, that's underway. So, yeah, very excited to have been asked, really, uh, by John from uh, Rue Morgue to be part of his label, which is awesome. That that is fantastic. So do you have an idea of timeline? 
No, not really. And, uh, and also just having a, a chat to John uh, recently about it through some messages, he was even saying to uh, have vinyl produced, you know, it can take four to six weeks as it is, which is wow. a bit of turnaround yeah. <laughs> time. So, um, yeah, so we get to sort of work out all of those those things. But it's, uh, yeah, it's happening and, uh, yeah, really excited. So do you know how many songs you'll be having on your record? Well, it's a single, so therefore oh. you can only have two, one on each side. Do you know, are you going to go a colour record? I mean, I love the coloured records, how they print them in or do you say print? the record or is it melted I really have no idea (laughs) isn't that great (laughs) print vinyl or melt vinyl yeah I don't know um yeah I guess I don't really know much about the 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 process process there and yeah and what our our options are um but you know I'm sure there'll be some purple and black involved that sounds colours. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Um, so I don't know if you can see out there, but she has amazing purple and black hair. Does Erin? <laughs> it's, yes, it's very much my colours. Yeah. 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 So when we say purple and black, and if you have a look at the artwork online, it's purple and black. Yes, I may have a little bit of an obsession with the colour purple. <laughs> Colours are great things to have obsessions about, aren't they? (laughs) Well, yes, it could be something much worse. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So so, um, do you have any upcoming gigs? I think you mentioned that one. Yes, yes. Well, as I said, we mentioned the show, yeah, 31st of March. Um, We're discussing some further ones, you know, maybe a couple of months following at the moment. So So, nothing to announce right now. So where do we catch up with upcoming gigs and um, other exciting things like record coming out? Deathofart.com. Deathofart.com. Yeah, there are links to all of our social pages there. So, yeah, and it'll take you to Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and wherever you prefer to go. Fantastic. So... What type of music do you enjoy listening to, Erin? So what are your influences? Oh, um, well, I mean, I guess Death of Art is very much a big part of me and who I am and what I like. So, yes, yeah. I do like my you know, industrial and you know, electronic music and, and that sort of thing. I mean, I guess our bigger influences would probably be like Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, um, but, you know, you've even got um, uh, things like the, oh, if you remember the soundtracks from the Matrix movie and the Spawn movie where they did mm. a lot of crossover there of electronic and rock and that was some of it in the early days and it was like, yeah, I want to do something That's like that. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really a lot of the inspiration as to how we would, yeah, do this. So you were saying that, you know, there's a lot of um, electronic um, elements. When you go about um, writing the music for Death of Art, can you explain it, uh, the process a little bit? So, Well, normally we start with vocals and guitar. So we write a song as just, yeah, the song. So it's not so much about all the extra things added to begin with. So then the song could just be done acoustic as well, which we do do acoustic shows on occasion mm. as well. Um, and then so from there I'll kind of record a, a rough of the... Mm 
the vocal and the guitars and then work around there with the track uh, as I've done for many of the songs. Although in the more recent ones, we've then also jammed with a drummer to get ideas on, you know, what that would do and then kind of record those ideas and build around that with the track. So, yeah, so I'll just bring that into my, you know, program on my computer and then work on it from there. Uh, I think we only have maybe one song that really started the other way around where it started with like a track that we worked on with someone quite a few years ago and uh yeah electronic and then kind of wrote things to go over the top of it but that's not normally the process Mm, that's really interesting so you have a studio at home then have your studio Uh, set up at home no no um I have my own studio uh because I'm a vocal coach during the week so that's where uh, I have all of my musical toys. <laughs> so it's where we rehearse, it's where I write, it's where I record. It sounds like you live there. <laughs> Pretty much. It must feel like it at times. <laughs> yeah, I definitely spend a lot more time there than at home. Yeah, there's like most days I literally go home to sleep and that's about it. <laughs> you're very lucky to have access to a space where you're able to do that. Um you know, because with uh, the advent of a lot of home studios now, or you can practically call yours a home studio because you have so much access to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess in that sense, yeah. Because um, I know, I suppose, I know you said, oh, I'm lucky to, to have it, but I don't really see it that way. Like I worked really hard to get to this point, like with my yeah. teaching and everything like that. And I certainly wouldn't be able to justify paying for a studio if I wasn't part of my work as well you know but it was my goal as a singing teacher to have my own space at some point which I did Mm. a few years ago now and uh, so that yes then that could also be incorporated with my own music and yeah doing my thing outside of classes. So what sort of um, I know this is this is a little bit of a side issue I hope you don't mind if we just. Oh tangents are good. Excellent excellent. so, um, what sort of what sort of age groups do you teach? Do you teach adults as well? Yes, yes, I teach kids, teenagers, adults. Yeah. So there you go. You can contact her for lessons, people. <laughs> How amazing she sounded in those songs. <laughs> Although you know, I'd get in quick because I'm sure the spots would just fill up, right? <laughs> Well, Although actually, you... I am pretty much running out of spaces at the moment, yes. Modest. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> um, so what sort of, how, how would you describe your vocal style? So being a singer myself, this, this is for me my bread and butter. I love hearing about other people's vocal styles. So I hope you don't mind if we just kind of explore oh, that a little bit. Yeah. So how do you describe your vocal style? Me, is it classical? Is it it's, what's the base of it? It's rock and classical. That's and as I over the years, as well my coach helped me discover, they were the two things I was best at. And mm. so kind of put them together, which, you know, they don't always go together or aren't always heard together, I suppose. Um yeah. so, you know, that but it just it just worked for me and also again to do something that was a bit different as well that, you know, wasn't sort of going down just one of those genres. So, yeah, that seemed to be what I was at. And, you know, I've tried certainly all various things when I was, you know, going back a few years, but 
yeah, it just worked for me. And, and I think in terms of, I guess, what suited my voice and also my personality as well and, mm. you know, what kind of things that I, like, express and connect to in terms of songwriting and performing and that yeah. kind of thing. I've always liked something that's a bit angsty, you know, <laughs> a bit, a bit in your certain. face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So rock kind of made sense when I discovered that I had a voice for that, which, yeah, when I was, you know, a teenager, I had no idea, you know, that I did. But my coach helped me find that. Um, he really just sort of got me a bit pissed off in a session one day like yeah come on and I I just got annoyed as I do (laughs) with myself anyway and then it just came out I was like oh cool I can do that yeah and he was like that (laughs) that right there (laughs) did you turn around at some later time some later time and say is that what you meant to do were you just trying to get me to that point (laughs) where you're making my voice you know get to that point because when you're angry, of course, you know, your, your vocal um, mechanisms are um, a little bit different to when you're relaxed. Mm. So, hmm, very interesting. It yeah. might have been rather tricky of your teacher. Oh, I'm sure there was maybe something there that he heard because he's great with that. David Jans, that's my, yeah, my coach. And, and also, you know, that's where I've become a coach for that school. So, you know, it's wonderful to be part of the place where you know he's my mentor my boss <laughs> and my coach and <laughs> all in one um but yeah he helped me find that you know in myself but then we've later explored this classical thing as well because mm. I actually started learning classical first like a th- when I was like 13 but as really a thir- yeah wow I actually did lessons for about two years and never told anyone <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very much an introverted kid at school. And yeah, yeah, so anyway, I did that. But I wasn't really interested in classical music as a 13-year-old. Yeah. You know, so yes. I ended up giving that away. <laughs> but it's come <laughs> back to me later in life that's like, your voice suits that, you know. So yeah, we've explored that again. I really quite enjoy it. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, maybe part of it is... We've seen how so many singers, especially from, um, you know, Finland uh, and so many other Scandinavian countries, um, how symphonic um, metal, symphonic rock is such a big thing, how they combine the classical with the rock and with the metal that it's opened up so many possibilities. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, you know, when I um, first heard, uh, yeah, Tarja in Mm. Nightwish and, you know, and that was probably the first thing that made me go, oh, wow, like she's doing this she's singing Phantom of the Opera, you know, mm. with a metal band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I got to see this live as well. I watched wow. them at the corner years ago. And Amazing. And it was great. Like I just, I loved it. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to have a go at that, you know. It just made me feel <laughs> a bit more excited about it than just the the normal approach on classical I'm doing my quotation fingers here (laughs) you can't obviously (laughs) see that (laughs) it's yeah there's not um there's not a lot of uh crossover shall we say from uh, classical singing styles to the uh rock and metal it's either Mm. one or the other or it has been seen as one or the other yes yeah yeah but I mean 
as I said, I was just like, well, this is what works for me. So mm. it's it's an expression of y- your own personality and your own. Well, I say, oh, it's your own soul. You know, this is this is mm. me. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and I think even when I'm coaching people, I sort of look for this too because I think, you know, you can hear things that suit someone's voice, but then it's also their personality too, or mm. what kind of emotions you readily express. And I was just always good with like anger. <laughs> And uh, but also vulnerability as well, you know. And I think that's where some of the classical stuff comes in, or the soft elements. I mean, mm. if you heard on our tracks that we just did, which didn't really have a lot of classical in those particular ones, little elements. But you know, we go through these dynamics where it builds, yes. but then it comes back to a softness, and yeah, and and so on. But that's part of it, you know, going through that those motions. And I think you know, emotions aren't really stagnant anyway or or don't you know they don't stay in that same you know feeling you know you you go through this journey I guess yeah absolutely I think we'll head to a couple of uh, songs because I think we might explore that a little bit later the emotions in songs okay sounds good so let's head into this we're going for gossip and Sarah Eder Who you are, yeah. 
to their hair session. You're listening to 3CR Melbourne. 8.55 a.m. It is now 11.54. We're almost through the first hour. One more hour of power to go. Uh, that was Gossip with Standing in the Way of Control, Sarah Eda, Blood and Bone, and Riff Raiders, Sisters in Arms. There's some fantastic uh, local music there from Riff Raiders and Sarah Eda. We were just discussing the Sarah Eda trio. Um, you were saying that you played with them, Erin? Yes, we've done loads of shows with Sarah. Um, I mean, yeah, and as I was just saying that, uh, you know, when we've done our acoustic shows, we've done quite a few with her uh, when she's been solo or maybe had one or two other musicians. But, uh, yeah, I know she's doing more of a, a band thing now, which is awesome as well. So, yeah, but have a great deal of respect for Sarah and always love playing shows with her. Yeah, I've got to say, I love her voice. It's just so rich. Um, and I know she's got a new album coming out this year. I think at the moment it's being mastered. So keep an eye out for that one. Um, and, of course, Riff Raiders. Big shout out to Riff Raiders. They are a sponsor of this show. So, <clears throat> um, 11.56, two minutes later, we've already done some shout outs. What about hearing from you? So you can SMS on 0488 809 855 or you can con contact us on um, our Facebook page. So get on to it. So before the songs, we were talking about um, some uh, fantastic music and the way that we were writing songs and approaching it and all that sort of thing. Um, do you write your own lyrics? Yes, and that's very important to me as well that I do because that's my connection to what I'm doing in the song. So how do you, where do you come up with your ideas? <laughs> my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a question that's asked of me too, so it's like it's nice, so nice to ask that for, some, for someone right. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what about you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much I just write from my own life experiences because I feel like then that's real. You know, mm. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever really written so much from something that I've just had nothing to to do with or that's something different, you know. It's just, yeah, been my own past experiences, you know. Obviously, I guess songs and music, it's all about, you know, relationships between people, you know, whatever that may be. So it's always about emotions and things and experiences and perspectives and all of that. So sort of that's your thematic kind of drawing out. It's 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 all about emotions and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, right, you know, from early on singing, it's always been in, in such an emotive thing. Or well, that's what drew me, you know, to, to it is the you know emotion connection. So yeah, those songs have got to be from my own emotional experiences if anything I I guess I view it as my therapy you know and letting out <laughs> all the crap and you know dealing th with things addressing things I mean um, I guess you know we do say with death of art what we're about really uh, content wise is like you know taking empowerment over a, I guess a negative situation you know so something horrible's happened but hey you know 
this is <laughs> I'm going to let you know about this or I'm going to take control of mm. this or you know certainly with all the vulnerabilities and everything in this part of the experiences but uh, yeah that's where it's come from so uh, you know a, a lot of ex-boyfriends have con- contributed <laughs> to my lyrics <laughs> to be honest <laughs> that's great <laughs> So what about um, being a female in this industry, in um, our genres of music too? Let's talk about that for a bit. Okay. So within, I mean, my experiences personally have been pretty positive. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. What, we what had about a, yours? Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty positive for me as well. Um, like, I don't know. I don't really notice gender as a thing. Um, I'd say also too, like that, you know, we're a big part of the goth scene as well. And, uh, you know, the goth scene is very much blurred lines with gender anyway, Mm. you know. And it's very much about empowerment too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I I suppose that's a personal thing, but, Mm. uh, but yeah, I don't really notice that it's dominated by, yeah, male or female or... Yeah, whatever, you know, it's more about the people. Yeah, absolutely, I understand. Um, I think in the rock scene, I think it's there's definitely less females, but I think it's increasing. Like the percentage of females in the rock scene, especially being seen in the rock scene, mm. it has, in, has increased and not just... Uh, not just fronting the band, you know, guitarists and drummers. So here in Melbourne, we've got some fantastic female drummers and some some, some fantastic uh, guitarists. So although tonight we're hearing a lot of female vocals, behind the scenes there are so many instrumentalists that are female that are, you know, um, I don't want to say bringing, giving it to the boys and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and whatever, but there's there are more females in the industry. Yes, and I know we were discussing this prior to the show about choosing songs or potential songs to yeah. to play that I, I remember asking, oh, do they have to be the singer? Like, Yeah, we'll think of Voyager. Is that the Perth band Voyager the with the guitarist, the uh, Simone, the guitarist, fantastic um, male singer. But, um, you know, I would totally play that tonight if you had a female singer. So um, maybe you're going to have a guest singer. So shout out to Voyager. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's valid. <laughs> so what about um, some bias in the industry? I know the three of us, Gabby, I'm going to include you on this, were speaking previously about um, females in the industry and how um, we had uh, less female representation in um the electronic side of the industry as opposed to um, or maybe there's more accessibility to females. So we were talking about uh, there was a a list of people you could contact, some females that you can contact. Can you say some more about that? So that was – I just saw on Facebook recently about how there's um, a website where you can search up female sound engineers – and any kind of females or non-binary people in the, you know, the sound techie industry. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. So um, I suppose, you know, if you're going for a show where you um, uh, particularly are after a female sound engineer, 
that mm. that would be a fantastic resource to be able to access. So it's live engineers, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's just from what I read, it was just any females and non-binary people in the sound tech industry, like audio engineers. Ah. Just or people, you know, people who do mixing, mastering, or just you know, also, yeah, just sound engineers in maybe ABC or anything like that. Just any anyone in that kind of in the audio space. That would be really interesting. Yeah. So if you, if anyone out there is um, looking for this, it was on Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I just thought, yeah, it was like an ad for me because I just, um, I'm going to an event for mixing, like a spree event. And yeah. came, you know when those, you know how Facebook follows you with, yes. you, know, yes. you, know how, you know how that mm-hmm. whole thing is. Knows what oh, you're yeah. thinking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that just, I guess maybe even just, you could just Google it Yeah. if you want to look that up, you know, Google, um, like female, uh, sound tech database. I'm sure it'd come up. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, that's for anyone out there, just pop on Facebook or Google and, um, pop those words in and see if you're after a female sound engineer or a female within the audio industry. Um, what a great resource. Um, we were talking just previously about um, participation rates and vis- visibility of females in rock and rock and uh, metal. So, how do we go about increasing participation? So, we were talking about the visibility of them. So, they're fronting bands, they're um, they're in sound and audio engineering. They're more uh, visible. How do we get more in the industry so we can inspire younger people? to get into the industry and that it's okay. So it's a big topic. Yeah. Like where do you even start with that? I mean, I suppose it it's just comes up to the individual's interest themselves to want to be part of it. And maybe that goes back to childhood, you know, children. What, what are they interested in? Oh, you know, do I want to learn how to play guitar or do I want to learn singing or whatever it might be? Or something else. Mm. And it's about sticking with it too. So, yeah. Oh, it's like anything. Yeah. It's like, why did we stick with it? That's actually a really, <laughs> really difficult answer. <laughs> difficult one to answer. I've got no idea if someone said that to me. Do you know how to answer that? Why did you stick with it? It's like, because I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that's it, really. It's the, it's the passion. And, you know, I suppose it's also, you know, if you had someone along the way for yourself that was encouraging in some way I mean I know I had that and you know as I I think I mentioned before like certainly in school I was very introverted but then like I don't when I first sang in front of an audience was in front of my entire high school and um (laughs) but I and I didn't even think that I was any good like I you know I think I'd messed up a line or something like that and thought it was the worst thing ever and was really (laughs) upset with myself and then just having all these people going oh we didn't know you could do that oh that was cool and I was like oh okay and and then and I had a lot of support and encouragement through my high school so you know I guess I had someone who started encouraging me so I guess it's that as well um I mean I know me being a vocal coach now that's a really big part of what I like to do for my younger students especially is just encourage them and support them especially if you can see that they love it yeah absolutely um I've volunteered actually for girls in rock um, here in Melbourne so the girls rock Melbourne um, uh, the girls rock movement is um, throughout Australia in most capital cities 
Um, and one of the main tenets is, of course, confidence building. So it's just what you were talking about. Mm. It's about building someone's confidence to be able to go, you know, you can do this. You've got it. You know, and to be able to build their confidence means that they're more likely to go and do it again. You know, yeah, and right. to take it further and to participate and not pull back, which is what so many people do when they get to later high school and things like that. When you know, everyone knows what it's like. You, your time is squeezed out, um, so you kind of go, okay, well, I've got to give something up because I'm busy at school, trying to get into university or whatever. Um, maybe I should stop my singing lessons or stop playing guitar. Um, and then there's that flow-on effect when people get older, when families happen, especially as females. Um, so I don't know. Maybe don't give yourself up completely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of have a little bit of time to relax and, um, yeah, take some time to yourself. So I think we will go to some more music because I can see what the time is. It is 12.07. Here is something from my band Polaris, I believe. Sitting out the pieces for my 